when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Hello, hello and welcome. It's the The One Show Show, which is a podcast that works its way through a week's worth of the BBC's flagship early evening bottom shelf magazine show in much the same way as a butcher might work his or her way through the carcass of a pig. I am John Holmes and once again we've been watching The One Show with eyes that can never become fully accustomed to it because it holds us in its grip. And a grip that this week included a Joey Deacon impression on primetime television, a demonstration of how to knife someone to death on primetime television and a man sniffing a turtle's head. Joining me to celebrate all that and more is regular The The One Show show shower Mark Haynes, an actress, actor, actress? I don't care. I don't either. Uh, writer, host of the new excellent podcast, Ask the Nincompoops, it's Carrie Quinlan. Yeah. There we go. Do you know, I genuinely Googled whether or not Clap. these days we can say actor or actress because mm. I thought, I, I wrote it down and then thought, I don't know anymore because on a daily basis, this stuff changes. Yeah, it's something that worried me for a bit because I get corrected, yeah. whichever one I use. I tend to say actor, but I, and I know lots of female actors that I <laughs> admire object to actress, but then there are other people who quite like and have sort of reappropriated actress. Yes. And frankly... I think there are more things in the world to give a shit about. Thank you. I am so woke that I refer to all actors and actresses as male actresses. <laughs> <laughs> why can't why can't people just be like the advertising industry and call us meat puppets or or warm props? I'm going to call them all transtresses. <laughs> God. I think because well, that's not going to cause any problem well, whatsoever. Thank God that we don't have a dedicated Twitter account where people can now send us problematic text from dusk till dawn thanks John thank you you're right I'm not Graham Linehan right I'd like to disassociate myself from most of the things John is going to say from now on from now on that's a wise move and and before you've known me for a long time a long time you know what's going to happen it's like 20 years it is isn't it Oh, we should have had this conversation in the pub earlier, not here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. But, oh, but what I like is that our, um, our sort of 20-year friendship has culminated in me forcing you to watch the one show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, and yet I think we, all three of us know that this is where it was heading, <laughs> even, even before the one show existed. What, what did you start with this week? Was it Monday? I was telling a mate of mine on Monday that I was coming on this, and I've never seen the one show before. And I said, I'm quite excited to get to watch the one show. Uh, not that I had been prevented from watching it before. I had been allowed to. I just hadn't. And she said, oh, it's like Blue Peter for grown-ups. I thought, 
why the fuck haven't I been watching this show? <laughs> the problem that is... sounds brilliant. It's not really like Blue Peter for grown-ups. It's just like Blue Peter. It sort of is, but without... There's something crucial missing. Yeah. Well, instead of making but, things like advent calendars or things out of sticky back plastic and old cardboard toilet rolls, they make what they call films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also... I mean, you talk about, like, sticky back plastic... They love to talk about plastic. <laughs> oh, don't oh. they know? There was one this week, I don't know if you saw it. Go on. Lucy Siegel was talking about the fact that crisp packets cannot be recycled. There's been a petition that was set up by a guy from Wales. His name is Geraint, and he set it up, he said, he admitted. Uh, you said Geraint like Tony the Tiger would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's Geraint! <laughs> he wasn't. He was actually- <laughs> He was actually, if anything, he's ill. (laughs) Great set up a petition, he said, uh, to to work out why crisp packets weren't recyclable. He mentioned he set it up when he was ill and really bored. Anyway, walkers have had to to really, really take this on board. Loads of people have been sending crisp packets back through the post. To sort of go deal with this. To the point where Royal Mail had to say, stop sending crisp packets through the post. Can you put them in envelopes, please? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when we were younger, you used to like (laughs) send off crisp packets for kids who weren't well. It would be in the paper where they'd say, he wanted to get a million crisp packets. And they'd go... He's now 24, he's fully recovered, and we still get six bin bags full of crisp packets a day. Sorry, what? No, I don't recall. In Why the would 80s, we? Say- this is a big thing that people. I remember would- milk bottle tops to Blue Peter, yeah. the aforementioned, well, but I-, I don't remember sending crisp packets to ill children. Uh, what are they going to do? Nick, nick the dust from Shergold. And he basically wanted to get Christmas cards one year, and there was some kind of appeal that might have been on Blue Peter. He ha- occasionally gets interviewed, and he's like, I still get about 24 thousand christmas cards <laughs> every year please stop sending them but there was a big thing about sending crisp packets to sick kids i don't know who set this up it's not like they're accepted let's by do doctors. it again yeah. it's gary lineker isn't it yeah. he hates kids they, they mentioned walkers had really sort of worked hard to try and work out how to recycle they mentioned they talked to seven crisp manufacturers and three of them had not replied and the one show is always really proud when it says we contacted them and they ignored us totally. Yeah. It's not a badge of pride. <laughs> but they went to the Walkers one, and the Walkers people had been chipping these old crisp packets, and the man held up a little bit of plastic, and he went, there you go, we, we can now make things out of this, like benches and flower pots. Still a load of plastic, isn't it? What I like most about this is that the presenter was called... Uh, Lucy Seagull. And it's seagulls that are affected by this stuff, so it no is. wonder she's interested. Oh, vested interest. All stuck in her beak. There was a great bit at the end of the film <laughs> where they cut Lucy Seagull's belly open. <laughs> And loads of plastic came out. Uh, It was absolutely moving. Yeah, well, a lot of things were moving this week. Monday, now it started with a very excited Matt Baker, didn't it? Because he got very into dad jokes. Yeah, and he told some and it was great. And Angela, who was... Angela Scanlon. Angela Scanlon fell for the oldest knock-knock poo joke in the world. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with that? Please please demonstrate. Knock-knock. Who's there? I done up. I done up. I don't know. No, you, you did oh, yeah, the thing. Oh, yeah. you, oh, damn it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Like, 40 year like, career yeah. in entertainment. And I don't know how jokes. doesn't yeah. know how a knock knock joke structure works. I, it's all right. It's my fault. I got it wrong. He, I, I, my, it? My, my classic was I done up. He used his I need up. All right. So Let's, do it. Let's, do it Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Knock knock. Who's there? I need up. I need a poo. <laughs> you need a poo. Yeah. <laughs> and the audience of the one show laughed. Oh, I mean, the camera crew. Blue oh, Peter yeah, yeah. for adults. Yeah. How do you fall for that? <laughs> but that turned into a, one of their, as we'd expect, request for a... Send in a photo of your dad having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Needing a shit. You know who it's you pre-war. are. It's free to walk, free walk. No, they did a great you know who you are. Because you were telling me about you know who you are last you know week. You know seen it before. And it just sounds like the most brilliant. It sounded like the most brilliant thing. I thought it's not going to live up to that. Go on. And it was one where they showed a picture of the lady and gave her name and then said, you know who you are. And it 
it was magical. For first-time listeners to this, we should point out, this they're very excited on The One Show about this new feature where they, they identify someone who's done a good deed somewhere in the nation who perhaps didn't get thanked at the time. The first fine. week it worked. Yeah. The first oh, yeah. week it really worked. Oh, yeah. It was an anonymous person who had paid for someone's meal at a Morrison's cafe. That's right. And if nobody you're... knew who that person was. Given that your um, listeners are not watchers listening, it's very much like Saturday Live and Radio 4 have a thing called Thank You. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, ex- it's exactly and probably ripped off from <laughs> that. <laughs> but what was awkward about this week's, I think, was they're still laughing at the need a poo joke. <laughs> right? Which they just I mean, done. so am I. Yeah. <laughs> And then they just said, you know who you are, and thank you to a whole community, a whole community, a family of a young deaf boy, right? And the moment they said that, the laughter's still on, (laughs) as it often is on the two, just going, the poo joke, a deaf boy, that he's like, oh, shut that, floor manager waving arms, just shut this down, shut this down. Anyway, as a 10-year-old, he had his hearing aid ripped out and stamped on by a group of older children. They're still laughing in the background. You can still sort of hear them. Hey, they know who they are. <laughs> this this feature works on both it for does, good and bad. Oh. But anyway, they've got a plot. Good, because the community's rallied around. They've, got, they've helped him out. They've got a new hearing aid. Everyone's, everyone's you know, they know you, who they you are. Know who you but are. it was just, yeah. it was beautiful that they said. And this was organised by Michelle Manson. Big picture of her. Did she send it in? <laughs> and they immediately after that, you know who you are. You know well, who you are. Yes, <laughs> Michelle Manson, she looks like that. <laughs> Angela Scanlon on this week, I noticed a tweet which was sent to the one show. It's from Clarissa. It says, Alex and Matt are weak presenter. Why should we licence fee payers pay half a million pounds respectively salaries to useless presenters? Angela is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I really like Angela Scanlon. She's really good. good. I I don't know what she does when she's not doing the one show, but she should be doing the one show. The moment that I loved her more this week Mm. was, and we'll get to this early, right? This was the the one show went a little bit controversial this week. Oh, when she stabbed the actress Maisie Williams. In the the throat. (laughs) That's right. She was too good at that. Yeah, and I was thinking, I love Angela Scanlon because she, she's having to play along here. Now, it, it backfired a bit, didn't it? Because they had Maisie Williams on. This was on Tuesday. Tuesday show, yeah. Who was talking about a new play she's in. Maisie Williams, obviously, off of Game of Thrones. She's funny. I think she's, a, she's funny. She's engaging. Yeah. She's yeah. not showbiz. She nope. just tells it like it is. And obviously, she's been doing this since she was like 11 or 12 or something. And now she's, what, 1920? Um, mm. 21, I think, yeah. You know, and she's great. She's really funny. So they got this whole sequence where Angela Scanlon had to learn how to stab <laughs> at seven o'clock on BBC One. And what was interesting about In it... In London. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was interesting about it was that, that Angela Scanlon said, well, you're very good with knives. Yeah. <laughs> on on yeah. the programme Game of Thrones, that is true. They took her over to the other side of the studio where Dave, we've met Dave before. Yeah, this time Dave was in a suit of armour. Correct. Is he Hiding his face. He, he, is he regularly up. He's one of the few collaborators on The One Show who this programme has identified. <laughs> so uh, we will eventually, like Simon Wiesenthal, we will one day track Dave down. <laughs> Dave needs to know that his crimes will not go unpunished. So are we essentially the resistance? <laughs> I think we probably awesome. are. We are. Let me let me make it clear. That was not a threat. Can I be Michelle? I'm not Angela Scanlon armed with a knife. What I am is saying when Dave comes to trial, it will be in a recognised court. <laughs> of this podcast. Of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. which which does carry the death sentence. So she walked over. Maisie Williams then demonstrated how Maisie Williams had learned to juggle a knife and flip a knife yeah. from one hand to the other during the production of Game of Thrones. Top and they- tip, kneel down so you can pick it up quicker. Nice. That's exactly right. Yeah. But they didn't mention that the knives they were playing with were props. Okay. Yeah. And so then to actually use that in action. Yeah. What so you flick from this hand to this hand because okay. I'm going to go for your dagger hand. Right. But you're going to flip it at the last minute Ooh. and then you can. And then stab yes. you. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yeah. Now they looked real. 
Yeah. They didn't say they were rubber. They didn't say they were plastic. They don't like plastic. No. They did. <laughs> we used this earlier to stab Andy. The seagull woman presenter to death and cut her stomach open. They were throwing knives around. And then there was literally a demonstration, Carrie, of how, of how to, one person yes. should kill another. By flipping the knife into your other hand. Yeah. And then jabbing it right into their throat. Jabbing it, yeah. yeah. All at seven o'clock on BBC One. Now, there was a tweet, because I'm assuming, I'm I'm just just guessing, some viewers may have found that offensive. I don't in the... uh, John, some of the viewers who found it offensive would also contact this show, not realising they'd got the wrong Twitter handle. Let me read out the one shows. This was before I'd watched it. So this came out on Tuesday night, straight after the one show was broadcast. I only watched it on the Wednesday, but because I read this tweet from the BBC's one show account, I was so looking forward to this (laughs) programme. Thanks for all your comments on tonight's show. The knife demonstration of how to kill someone on set was with plastic knives and was very much pretend. Yes, because you jabbed it into Maisie Williams' throat and she didn't die. So we've established that. And in the context of Maisie's character on Game of Thrones, however, we accept that it struck a wrong note with some viewers. Yes, because you were demonstrating how to correctly stab someone at seven o'clock. Let the children watch this, and even I, as a think-it's-funny, was thinking my children, they don't, but they could watch it, and then they might go into the kitchen... That Pick is. up a knife and go, oh, I'll just juggle that about on my knees. Yeah. I drop it and stab someone in the throat. I mean, Cindy, once they'd made the apology, Cindy, who I think her Twitter handle was not just a granny. I think, uh, I think she might be just a granny, though. <laughs> I think she probably is. You can lie about what you are online. Mm. Um, it's like Democratic Republic she of Congo, wrote, And it? why in God's name are you even using plastic? Come on, you're settling a precedent for people. <laughs> Step up. She meant setting. It's funny that when people nowadays apologise, people just use the apology to rather than just sort of go, oh yeah, okay, well that's over, fair enough. The amount of people who use the apology to go, you disgust me. You think apologising is going to get you out of this? You used a plastic knife on Maisie Williams, the actress, and she's now dead. <laughs> what did you make of it, Carrie? So, did you? So did you? I mean, you, seagull lady. Were you impressed with the juggling of the knife, or did yeah, you? Yeah, oh, I also... loved it. Yeah, when you talked about the, the dangerous knife stuff, I was thinking, I don't, oh, I don't think I saw that one, but I did, and I just really enjoyed it. I didn't even notice it as being a bad thing. Yeah. It was just really exciting. It, I just noticed it was a bad thing because I knew what would happen, not because I uh, felt that it was a bad thing. I just thought, oh, this is going to be great because I, you know, some other tweets that came in were things like, I have absolutely no problem with that segment. Obviously, plastic and two people. Mm. They're talking about Matt and Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Very irresponsible, says Anne Marie Banks on Twitter. And insensitive, given the family viewing slot, we hear of victims on a daily basis. Not something to make light of. Barbara Liddell, not your finest hour. Seriously, I've lost the name there. People are complaining about knives. I'd be more worried about Scanlon's hair. <laughs> wow. There is a, this, this actually, for me, saved a show that was so boring otherwise. They had some of the oh worst God, VTs yeah. they've ever done. There was, Matt trailed it at the top. We're going to go live to a sleepover for 11 11 11-year-olds. And our cameras are there every step of the way. Uh, Tonight, one show viewer, Claire, lays on a sleepover for 11. 11? 11 11-year-olds. And our cameras are there every step of the way. What are we doing here? (laughs) What is this? What are we doing? The film's on the shelf about fish. Because every other week, it's a film about fish in Scotland. (laughs) Yeah. They are obsessed (laughs) with fish. Every week. And then suddenly... Yeah. There's a film about 11, 11 year olds having a sleepover. Oh, yeah. Do you know what Why? I thought? Do you know what I thought? I thought, well, obviously, Claire Scantlebury, who is putting on this sleepover for yeah. her daughter and 11 friends, she is going to do something really clever with this. And we're going to be like, what an amazing, creative lady. No, no. She just had a sleepover. They filmed it. It's 2.30 and the kids have just gone to bed. And that was it. It was like being the murderer in a slasher film. So there's loads of, sort of weird shots from a high angle of a load of people getting ready for bed. But also, well, they're 11! I know! Yeah. What are you doing? A totally irresponsible piece. It was It was entirely like being a mum at a sleepover in that she walked downstairs at two o'clock going, seriously, just, you know, shut up. Yeah, that was the big dramatic moment. Please, just, I mean it. My no, favourite really. bit was one of the mums they talked to and they said, so what do you think about Claire doing the sleepover for 11 kids? But what do the other parents think? They think Claire's crazy because she's got too many. 
yeah. she fucked she, off. She but, ran. But have my kid. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> try and save some of her limbs. I'll pick her up in the morning. Also, she Claire had planned stuff. Don't. Oh, the bet. It the, was the, all the, like everything was laid out for them to yeah. do their nails and. Oh, a foot bath. Get a foot cup bath. of foot bath. Yeah, yeah. Just stick a fucking film on. <laughs> she and, did and that. go but upstairs and stick your own. Film. Yeah. At ten thirty. She did the film. Well, no wonder they were awake at half. T- she, no, please, just no. Seriously, I'm, so, I'm just going to sleep. This went out on BBC oh. One. We got we got a recap of a sleepover from North Lincoln. What are we doing? Why? What is this? It didn't, we didn't yeah. learn. Lord John Reith and his education, entertainment, and the other one. Right? <laughs> we got none of it from here. This I didn't learn anything. I wasn't entertained particularly. I think as then, well. The other TV rule, which is don't film children going to bed. Don't put it out on television. No. Yeah, don't don't do creepy time lapse on eleven year old girls sleeping. No, having a little bit of a pillow fight <laughs> in, in a prepubescent. Yeah. No, mm. it's just it was just wrong. The stress of organising a children's party, they said at the top of it, is awful for parents. And they said 11 eleven year olds are going round to Claire's house in North Lincoln. So our cameras are there every step of the way. Oh right, because that doesn't make it more stressful. That really helps. <laughs> yeah. Credit oh, to the dad. Respect where they, the dad. They just said, it's all girls, so dad's going to have a sleepover of his own. And he was literally out the door within two seconds yeah. of the thing. Because, shot of him. because it's 1955. <laughs> it was extraordinary. I'm surprised he wasn't in a bowler hat with an umbrella. Just going, well, this, is, this looks like ladies' time. Goodbye. <laughs> with a voiceover that's going, I expect he's going to get a text about how the printer works before he goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they used that to get in. You know, they showed a bit of that. They talked about it. Mm. And then they said, now, now, our guest wasn't much older than one of those girls. Here comes a handbrake turn, everybody. Lovely. Our guest tonight wasn't that much older than one of those girls when she made her debut. It's Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, and there she was yeah. on the sofa. I, I actually being thought, very funny. I, I've not seen her out of Game of Thrones, so I didn't realise in a really stupid, ignorant way that she's grown up at the same rate as all the other humans on Earth. <laughs> and so I did look at her and I thought, who's this? This isn't Maisie Williams. And I'm looking at her going, familiar. But what she looked like was Maisie Williams' older sister. Yeah. Because Maisie Williams has aged, (laughs) naturally. That's right. There was an even better handbrake turn later on, though. Go on. There was a BT about people's homes being knocked down. They They stuck stuck a a camera in a lift. In a lift. Yeah. Which also, not at all creepy. Um, So this this was, you know, Tuesday, I'm guessing, is voyeur day. (laughs) On the one show, so let's let's watch some children sleep and then stick stick a camera in a lift to um, watch some people pissing and wanking <laughs> exactly. in an Enfield oh, high rise, getting off with each other. Credit to the one man who looked at the camera and he just went, "You'll get these robbed if you leave them in here." Believe. He said. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this uh, these high rises in Enfield that are going to get knocked down for redevelopment, and there's going to be much less social housing, and it's a very sad thing for lots of the residents. And there was it was very quite heartbreaking VT, and they came out of it and are quite. Heartbreaking moment, and Angela, who clearly hadn't been watching, went. I love that. Now, <laughs> and then now, sleepovers. Oh, she was she was on form this week because wow. during there was also a VT, possibly same episode about a woman who'd lost her husband because he had Alzheimer's and dementia. Yes. Was this Everton? Everton, yeah. Everton Football Club are helping people of their community. They're putting money back in the community. It's a re- beautiful film, actually, really nice, yeah. really touching. Yeah. She'd lost her husband, but he was a huge Everton supporter. She hadn't been able to go back to the ground since he died, but Everton's community outreach funding had, had has enabling people to sort of you know use the club as a social yeah. tool really it's, to, it's, to get you know, back on their feet and all the rest to them as well yeah. I, I did have a quick look and, and it's like a, the cheapest adult ticket to go and see Everton is 38 quid yeah. so every time they they are at home considering there are tickets that are a lot more than that and there are tickets for kids that are a bit lower when it sells out, you're looking at £1.5 million. And that happens for half of the year. And you do think, well, isn't it about time everyone put a little bit more yeah. back? You know? And mm. I know I know, a lot of clubs do do a lot for the community, but I thought this was a really, really nice little piece. I did. I thought yeah. really it was good. one of the most... I learned a lot. We talk about what we learned from the show, and I, I thought, oh, I didn't... I had no idea this was going on. Yeah. And they're expanding it, and they're doing things for all members of the community, aren't they? I mean, yeah. this, was, this was remarkable. And this, this woman had lost her... Um, I forgot 
forgotten her name. Hang on, I did write it down. Carla Lane? No. Um, <laughs> Liva Burke? I mean, literally, I didn't write it down. Anyway, so... Linda McCartney. Yes, that's right. She was called Linda McCartney. <laughs> Linda McCartney used to be know. something that people would I, say at school you know if you'd been stupid. So if you'd got what? something wrong, they'd go, uh, Linda McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> so with John not having the name and you saying Linda McCartney, it threw you me straight back. Right. I am back at Grimsdyke. It wasn't Hatch called Grimsdyke. That's, that's a primary school from a sitcom. <laughs> I've just from written, the 60s. The headmistress was called Mrs. Heller. <laughs> I've just written the word widow. <laughs> so I apologise. Widow McCartney. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lovely film, right? So they'd hooked her up with Tommy. Now, Tommy... Oh, you remember his name? Yeah. Sexist. <laughs> I've just written bloke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 with bloke. <laughs> Where he also has dementia, mm. but he's not dead. So they've sent her to watch Everton with him. The, <laughs> the memories for both are wonderful and they're fun to get and all the rest of it. So there was a really weird moment when the guy presenting it... Kevin Duala. Thank you. I'd just written bloke again. <laughs> I'd written a professional Liverpoolian Kevin Duala. Yeah, I'll do. <laughs> Liverpool supporter. Yeah, Everton supporter. Very, no, very... No, Liverpool. He, he was Liverpool oh, supporter. No, he was, he was, quite, he was right, a bit shirty about it. Yes, he was. And they made him do the Everton... Sorry, you're absolutely right, because he was secretly wearing a red shirt. Yeah. That's right. The husband, when yes, he was alive, used to make anyone who came in wearing red use the back door. He wouldn't let them through the front That's door. That's right, yes. He's, uh, I believe the husband's name is P. P.W. Boater? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've all made notes of the names. I think this is very important. But the Famously ad- married to Linda McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> but older, and I've written it here, What's a Face Scanlon <laughs> said in this touching film where it ended, didn't it, with them watching Everton, both Widow and Tommy were cheering on Everton, and that's lovely, right? And it came back, and Scanlon. Yes, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. <laughs> just went. Can't believe Everton lost on penalties. <laughs> yes, yes. Just undermining the whole. They did. That's not what it was about. Yes. They didn't put the result in because it wasn't the result the film wanted. Yes. Don't then ruin it. And she did. Yeah. Nothing to do with one show, but it reminded me of they show years and years ago. Field of Dreams was on telly, and at the very end, and ah, oh, I can't tell this without ruining Field of Dreams. Move on. Well, Field of Dreams, Field of Dreams film. Carrie, has been watched. If you, look, it's one it's of those, been out long enough. Right. This is one of those spoiler so, things. We go, we, look, it's it's fine. So it, it ends very movingly with Kevin Costner playing catch with his uh, the ghost of his father. It's, it's which makes more sense. Oh, than, I won't be watching that. that. <laughs> no, and, um, me and either. I was, it's uh, really beautiful, and I was quite tearful in it because it's just so lovely. And the credits started, and the continuity announcer came on. Went if only. <laughs> 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 The Angela Scanlon of continuity (laughs) announcing there. Ruining what's gone before. (laughs) That VT in the lift, though, to go back to Mm. that, was when they even introduced it and said, so what, it sort of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Sort of, well, what we've done, we've put some cameras in a lift. We've talked about Matt Baker, that in this, he reminded me of someone else, and it's the first time I've seen it. It's like Alan Partridge. So he did a voiceover on this, and it was like an Alan Partridge TV pitch. We stick a camera in a lift, and people will tell us their life stories. With him sort of going over, it wasn't all plain sailing. This guy didn't enjoy it. It was like, I'm listening to Pear Tree Productions. It was excruciatingly bad. Others have been leaving food for the birds. Not everyone is so chatty, though. We are going to the church, we're going to serve God, we're going to pray. So this is our life. And some believe our experiment is a risky one. You'll get these rods, you can leave them in here. Leave. I mean, they were saying, you know, we're going to film what goes on in this lift in a tower block in Enfield. And I'm thinking, you're just going to... Imagine the edit. (laughs) (laughs) All I was thinking was, okay, what you've got are some people who've taken this on board who live in that tower block. And they've gone, we're going to church, one family said, and we're going to do this. So the family said, we've got a football, we're doing... But obviously, the idea of this is people shooting up. Yeah. It's, it's people who've watched the, the one show the night before who are now stabbing each other because of it. <laughs> <laughs> in the lift, pissing in the corner. Also, the other thing they did was they picked out on people going, oh, looks like he didn't want to chat. 
Well, do you know what? Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. Also, the guy who didn't chat, they must have made signed, you know, behind-the-scenes TV stuff. Yeah. He signed a release form. Yeah. You can't put someone on television, speaking or otherwise, unless it's journalistic, mm. but this wasn't, uh, unless they sign a form saying they are happy to be I broadcast on television. I have a recollection so. that, the, that the one show is grouped under BBC News. I think it might be included in the BBC's news output. Really? So Let's you can double check that. That might be absolute nonsense. But I have so a theoretically you can just film someone because because you oh. couldn't say it was entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> you it's, might. It's you, just too informative. You might as for well that. call it winter fucking sports. It's got <laughs> nothing in common with it. <laughs> the fear. The fear of missing out. The fear of going out. The fear of flying. The fear of dying. Imposter syndrome. Spiders. Pipes from Ghostwatch. Dolls with buttons for eyes. We're all scared of something. But what are you scared of? Join me, Sarah Morgan, for The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. The secret lemonade drinker adverts. Geese. That time on Biker Grove when Agma Parling got shot in the face with paintball. In each episode, I interview funny, interesting people I like, people like Phil Jupitus, Alice Lowe, Richard Osman, Riley Silverman, and Danielle Ward, about their biggest fears in a judgment-free environment. It is spooktacular. The Fear. And remember, do have nightmares because they're an entirely appropriate response to the horrors of modern living. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. Martin's voice really jumped up Just onto emerged. my back <laughs> and sneaked round to the side of my neck and went down my throat and then came out again. And suddenly, there he was. I think I'm the only scaffolder or ex-scaffolder to have been on a BAFTA type stage. There's more money in faces. There's more money in faces, but there's no control... That's what I like. I you like can't control. control I can't control where I put my face. And Rory sort of pitched to James, can the can flute be the last word? Because I think that's the funniest mm. word to end on. And James went, I know it is, and that's why I don't want it to be at the end. But yep. there's this idea that there's a limited amount of space for funny. It's like when men think they have to go out with someone who's not funny. <laughs> as if, like, but if she's funny, what'll I do? You're like, you'll both laugh! You will both have a laugh! We were talking about Al Murray on the programme. Yeah. Because he was on Monday's programme. Promoting, by the way, his show, which he got the title of wrong when promoting it. So they right. said, so what's your... No, let's get into this how they got into it, actually. Uh, they got into it with a film of a lazy Gary Barlow. 
Right. So Gary Barlow, off of Take That, they wanted to do a film about Gary Barlow's addiction to food. That's what they said. Now, this is obviously to promote Gary Barlow's new book that's just come out. Uh And I was thinking, brilliant, show us a picture when he was fat, because I love those pictures of Gary Barlow, because he's almost unrecognisable. And the journey Barlow took from fat guy to what he is now, Mm. to me, is incredible, because it gives us all hope. Yeah. Right? As as somebody who would just go, how did he do that? Because Gary Barlow is fucking gorgeous, right? I mean, you know, now you just go, Wow, Pete, when he fell from the take that and was angry at Robin or something, the yeah. pictures of him at the time were of a massive fat bloke. He's having an yeah. Indian summer of sexuality. Yeah, <laughs> and I look at him now and I just go, he, he has grown into middle age perfectly, Gary Barlow. Yes. He looks stunning, right? And I just go, how the fuck did you do that? And so I'm watching this film going, tell me about your berries. Tell me about your granola, Gary. And he did, didn't let me down. But here's the thing. He said, when I was like at my fattest and all the rest of it, I couldn't leave the house. I was embarrassed. People were shouting, Robbie's doing all right at me. And I, you know, it was awful. And I'm addicted to food. And he talked, you know, openly about that. He was saying, you know, but I, I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't leave the house to do anything. And I'm sort of looking at it going, they filmed this in your house, right? <laughs> Any other guest would have turned up on the green sofas, Gary. Right, yeah. You are in your own house, not leaving your house. What's going on here? Oh. But still, you're gorgeous. Still, <laughs> Gary Barlow looks good. Oh, see, I, all I could think of was some somewhere in a production meeting, they thought, right, we, we want to talk to Gary Barlow about his food addiction. Where should we film it? His kitchen. <laughs> let's, let's do it in his kitchen. Yeah. Uh, there's actually an important point about the guests coming in, because I've noticed this, this week, a lot of the people I've seen, Ruth Jones was on, Maisie Williams, yep. they're all promoting theatre work. Mm. And that is the hard sell. Oh. But you can see that Gary Barlow doesn't need to come in. So they'll send a right. thing and he'll go, well, I'll give you an hour. But yeah. you don't want to sit around for, you know, watching these bloody VTs on, you know, Corf Castle or whatever they've got on that week. You know, <laughs> I think if you're a big enough star, you can stay home. That, for me, is the rule of thumb. If you appear live on the one show, your star is on the wane. Important to point out, though, that Ruth Jones and Maisie Williams aren't appearing in theatre. They're appearing in stage plays, as Ooh, they put it on the one yes, show, in a way that... I don't think they know what one is. <laughs> it was amazing just to watch them go, so you're in a stage play. <laughs> you could see them, what not, and, and then they'd say, you know, what's it called, what's it about? And you could see them want to say, what is that? They do often ask, the question they ask is they sort of go, so is it a lot of fun to do? And they don't want to know what it's about or whether they'd enjoy it. They're just like, you know, tell us, is, is there something funny that's happened to you where you fell off the stage? You know? <laughs> yeah, they're not interested that- in the story at all. No. Al Murray, though, was on to promote his TV show, which he said was called Why Does Everybody Hate the English? It's on, is it on the History Channel or something, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sense, yeah. But the graphic came up as he was talking with a completely with a different title. It was why, not, not massively, but it was Why Does Everyone Hate the English? And that got me thinking for the rest of that interview. Why have they said everyone, not everybody? Why, is he, why does he not know the title of the, the programme he's promoting? Or is that just a slip of the tongue? I don't, and that just obsessed me for the rest of the interview. <laughs> really rationally. I'm sort of going, what's the difference between everybody and everyone? And I still don't know. I still don't know why they went for one or the other and he went for the other. No, I don't, is I there, there's, there's some poetry we're missing to one of them. Yeah. Why do we have both those words? Don't they mean exactly the same thing? Yes. Yeah. From now on, no one's to use everybody. That's gone. Mm. And also, everybody is body shaming, probably. I agree. In the modern, modern world. What about people without bodies, John? Yeah, what mm. about them, eh? Oh, this has got a bit bright, Bart. Anton, Anton, <laughs> Anton de... How do you say it? The, Anton de... De Anton de Gun, the French who used to do Euro trash. The, yeah. fr- the French. The French. The French. Yeah. Anton de Gun, the we French. Haven't got, we haven't got rid of the word man. The, the French we got body. Rid of everybody. The you French body man. who used to present. Let me just say to you this sentence because I loved it when Al said it and there was an awkward reaction in the studio. He just went, Anton de Gun is a sex demon. <laughs> <laughs> There was a frisson. That's a headline you don't want to read about yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really is. Normally that's, that's uh, preceded by the words Sean Walsh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Those bits are lovely. The accidental swears or the near, the near misses yeah. were just brilliant. There was an Angela Scanlon near miss mm-hmm. on Monday. Al Murray was talking about being partly Irish and he made a joke about Angela Scanlon, who is Irish, possibly being Irish. Mm. Pointed at her ginger hair and, oh, and she said... I've got it stamped on my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Alex said one of my absolute favourite things today. Imagine if you're a visiting Hollywood star 
Well, I mean, you didn't have one of those, you have a Gerald Butler. But <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting there and they did the intro. So this was Tuesday's show. John Richardson was presenting with No, this, with was, Alex. Fri- this was Friday. Friday. Last this Fridays. Was Friday, yeah. uh, of course it was, because Gerald Butler ended up ordering a takeaway for someone. Yep, uh, as is the Friday feature. Oh, it's an excruciating bit. Um, <laughs> wow. But they, they opened up by saying, uh, so he's joining us here. He's got his new film out. It's called Hunter Killer. Please welcome Gerard Butler. And there was a pause and Alex just went, oh, now there's a fly in the studio. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone else can, can see it, but there's a fly in the studio. We'll get that out. Now, Gerard. Oh, no, it's Gerard. <laughs> Please welcome Gerard Butler. Good to see you. In the studio. I know. I don't know whether people can home can see it, but there's a fly. So John Richardson then asked a question and he said, So you got injured um, <laughs> on the set of something? And Gerard Butler went, No. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, No, it wasn't it wasn't on the set, it was a sort of and it's a bit sort of muddy, the whole thing. And Alex poster fly thing said, Now, Gerard, there's a softer part of you. You went to Bulgaria. You saw a little doggy and you thought, I love this little doggy. <laughs> That's a ver- verbatim question. But see, you did show your softer side, Gerard, in Bulgaria as well, didn't you? Because, you know, this all action hero that you're supposed to be. And then you saw a little doggy and yes. then you thought, I love this doggy. You saw a little doggy and you thought, I love this little doggy. Possibly a BBC News production. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Gerard Butler was good on this. He is, I think he's he's known for being a great guest. He is. In that he's yeah. always sort of like, oh, whatever, you know, just it washes over. It's all fun. And he did this feature, which I don't know if you've seen, Carrie. You have to have watched it on a Friday. Right. They get a celebrity to order a takeaway for one lucky recipient. The recipient doesn't have any contact with the celebrity at any point. And can the celebrity pick what the takeaway is? I think they get told. But they've yeah. introduced an element of fun to it. So Gerard Butler's new have film they? is about... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler's new film is about him being, I think, a naval nuclear submarine captain. And they said, we want to get as many naval terms into the order as possible. And he basically had it written down on a script. And it was a bit odd because they were, some of them were phrases I'd not heard of. So he'd sort of ring up and he'd go... Aye, is that the Peking Moon Chinese restaurant? And they'd go, uh, yes, it is, yes. And he'd go, well, I'd like to make an order, Sea Daddy. <laughs> the word Sea Daddy appeared on the oh. thing. Sea Daddy. So he went through and he was all like, I don't want you, uh, you know, uh, uh, where is he from? Um, I've got no idea. No one knows. He's, from, uh, he's sort of from LA, Scotland. So. Yeah, I think that's about right. I would never do it. <laughs> he said, uh, I'd like de to again. order uh, a lot of poppadoms, uh, not too many. I don't want them racking out. And the person on the other end of the line, you could hear them sort of go, whatever, you know. But it ended with him going, Scuttlebutt, have you got all that? But because they're talking to people who are working in the fast food industry, a lot of these people have English as a second, maybe third language. Yeah. And all I think is they just ring up and they go, yeah, I don't know what he was saying. I imagine it's racist. Call me like a scurril. Sound, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound, yeah, sound yeah, like yeah, scum. Yeah. Sound yeah. like scum. And I imagine everyone who gets one of these takeaways, they're really like, oh, exciting. It's been ordered by Gerard Butler. It is full of phlegm. <laughs> Absolutely full of spit. You know, in all the times, you know, going back in time to when I was a student, when I phoned up an Indian restaurant and go, Pop-a-dum. I know it's wrong. It is. You I have, know that. You have never had an uncontaminated poppadom. But I really I, no <laughs> I know that. has passed it's your lips. It's a word I can't that say. That hasn't been on the floor accent. of the toilet. <laughs> I just can't say. The there's, word without there's bodily fluid in every <laughs> takeaway you've ever had. Worth, I actually learnt something from this. This is my fact of the week: is that Gerard Butler has never had a crisp sandwich. Oh, there you go. That oh. is a good knowledge. Not, of, I mean, I need to know now. How it came back after to... the Walkers VT. Of course they did. And Alex just went. So apparently, Gerard's never had a crisp sandwich. He'd obviously mentioned it in the VT. Yeah. And Alex had gone journalistically. It is my duty to report that. <laughs> <laughs> I um in part of my this is obviously. Turning into my man crush episode, um, uh-huh. but I once interviewed Gerard Butler mm-hmm. for some film or other that I don't remember. Um, <laughs> that it really is all of Gerard. Yeah, 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 I know the one, but I, <laughs> but I really liked. I really liked him, yeah. like to the point where I flirted with him. <laughs> I genuinely flirted with him. Did you offer him a spit-covered poppadom? 
he's never had a poppet on sandwich. But he's had he's had it euphemistically. <laughs> but I honestly flirted with him, and to the point where the rest of the team I was working with just bought me a Gerard, made me a Gerard Butler key ring, which I still have the garage keys on. It. <laughs> you, you can't buy a Gerard Butler key ring; they have to they be made, made, made specially it. to order. Oh, that's heartbreaking. He was really, really good. I really liked him. I don't know. Did you see Wednesday show? That was the hour show. So oh, well, this was the thing no. where I got to the point right of the. I didn't know it was an hour show, so it it, it, it tricked me, right? Because yeah. the hour shows have stopped. They have since we've been doing well, they this. They had. Yeah, the beginning of it was they started on the the yellow carpet outside, which yep. was for children in need. You know, it's a carpet that's that's made of the hair of a shaved budsy or something. And it's <laughs> just children in need. The they rickshaw challenge. He molts, so it's natural. So it's fine. Emission. It's not plastic. <laughs> it, and they. Probably, it probably is plastic. It, it's uh, it's Matt and his fucking rickshaw of years ago. He likes running a rickshaw uh, for children. They've raised twenty one million pounds over the last nah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Again, very partridgey. Very, very. His fascination so. with rickshaws. He loved rickshaws. It was on national brilliant, television. wasn't it? The only oh. the comment at the beginning was, "If you love rickshaws as much as I do, right?" Which is nobody. <laughs> nobody loves rickshaws. Not even you. You're just saying it because you rode one for charity. Now, to add to all of that excitement, there is a brand new rickshaw as well, and it has been designed by a Formula One team, no less. If you love rickshaws in the same way that I do, it doesn't get any better than this. Let me tell you. Oh, it's magical. But then they got to the guest thing and they've got they've got Ben Fogle on there. Yeah. Right, who's climbed Everest. Love Ben Fogel. Love Ben Fogle as well. Amazing, climbed Everest. Which is something I'd love to do, so I was looking at that with envious eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be um, an excellent way to inspire your kids. That's this is, what he this said. Ben went on and on about this. Rather than go, do you know what? As a personal goal, it was something I'd always dreamed of, which he did put in. Yeah. But he kept on going because as a child I was very, very shy. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You, you want to climb Everest, climb Everest. And then he began saying, well, I only climbed Everest because I wanted to inspire my children because yeah. it was something I'd always wanted to do. <laughs> By not being there. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and he mentioned They were that sick of me. He'd um... written a book with, with his wife, so it's got her point of view. But he did still sort of go, I want to do this. Instead of just going, I'm going to do it, I'll dress it up as going, this is an important thing for the kids to realise that I am living out my dreams. So if I tell them they can be anything they want to be, if I don't do this, they'll think I'm a liar and won't respect me so I'm leaving the family for eight months (laughs) you know the thing that I've always said my big dream is that I will one day briefly be married to Rihanna (laughs) I am not doing that I'm not doing that for me sure I'd love to do it I was very shy as a kid but (laughs) I need to inspire my children to realize that the things you want you can go out and get yeah and that's Rihanna whether she likes it or not it's It's briefly I mean, I'm literally talking, it can be seconds. <laughs> so long as it's legally binding somewhere in the world, I will die a happy man. There was a moment when they said to the the other guest, Ruth Jones was on this episode, uh, and also the TV vet Noel Fitzpatrick. Super vet. They sort of asked him what he was up to, and he it got very weird at this point. He said, well, I've been going around doing my live show, but I've also been curing a sick dog. But I've been in my mum's living room projecting my show, yeah. Onto the wall with my mind. And they all went, what? Yeah. And they looked at it, and then, was it Alex on this one, I think? It just went, I'm very confused. <laughs> yes. And, and, just and then Matt just went, well, we have an hour to hear, to get to the bottom of that. And I went, and that was when I found out. I went, oh, oh my Christ, no. not an hour. So I was less at that uh, point worried about the mind projection then, of a di- dead but, dog. But he then started going in. I, I've invented a character called Vet Man. I did it as a kid. And he was explaining this. I was thinking, are you having a meltdown? It was weird. When, initially, when he mentioned the, the, his mum's living room bit, he said, you know, oh, I was doing a gig in so-and-so and so-and-so and and then in my mum's living room and then I was doing this and Matt went you did what in your mum's living room? (laughs) (laughs) One of those great lines where he just went oh the tour's been going very well so far a standing ovation every night it's so humbling don't seem that humble about it (laughs) In the Ben Fogle bit Mm. because he did talk about how he wanted to do that, climb Everest ever since he was a kid. And then they went to Matt Baker talking about rickshaws again. Oh. And he said, it's always been my ambition to make our rickshaw as adaptable as possible. <laughs> which, which, just this show of lifelong ambitions. Yeah. By the way, that had the best handbrake turn that I saw this week. Go on. They were talking about this rickshaw challenge after the kids. No one will have seen this because you had to sit through 
20 minutes of talking about this children oh, in need I, I ritual. Right? Out. They, they out. had a thing. They had the kids on. The kids are great. There were eight of them, and they asked every single kid a question. And kids aren't like in the old days where you'd say, are you looking forward to doing the bike ride? And kids in the 80s and 90s would go, huh, yeah. Nowadays, kids are quite media savvy. So they'll sort of go, I think it is going to be a challenge, but it's one which I'm looking forward to. It's, it's always like being a university's admissions teacher. And it was a long segment, and they did all eight of them. Six, it was six. Was it six? It was over. That section... I think they talked to a couple of them twice. The section was over 20 minutes. I know. Yeah, it was a whopper, wasn't it? Right at the end, they were talking about them going through the Euro Tunnel because they're starting off in France and then going yeah. up to Manchester or somewhere. And... They just sort of went, oh, you know, it's going to be the tunnel. It'll be dark. You'll have to look out for each other. <laughs> and Alex just went, well, let's go to our next video. Katie Tunstall, she loves a tunnel. Well, tomorrow we will be giving you all the details you need about how you can ride with the rickshaw. Loads of people did it last year, didn't they? They did. It was a big they success. Yeah. So Ben was talking about treats. Also, music is a big thing. We have Radio Rickshaw where we'll be doing lots of singing <laughs> and this, that and the other. And uh, this is quite an interesting one of where to sing because there's a bit of a tunnel connection here. Yeah, Katie Tunstall loves a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, yes. Matt just laughed, just going, oh, and his laugh was one of just going, well, we've really fucking hit the bottom there. <laughs> Not even attempting. Oh, this is as far as I got in that episode. So I got to 20 past seven, and you're right, it was all, you know, it was um, the vet and Fogel and Everest and all that. Yeah, fine, and I'm into Everest, so I, very interesting. And then they went to the rickshaw and there was a film of Matt having the rickshaw made by oh, the team long. at McLaren. Ugh. So it's a... Oh, God. And I think... It, I'll, I'll just say this now. I think he's pretending about his love for rickshaw. No one loves rickshaws as much ha- oh, as Matt appears you know, to. It's so boring. I can almost think he really does like it. <laughs> but that, but I watched that. I watched a film about TripAdvisor. Oh, yeah. I oh, watched yeah. a film where... A, a, in the TripAdvisor film where a man in a gastro pub said he'd had a fake review on TripAdvisor that said that someone... Had written I had a lovely meal but then I was stabbed outside that was Maisie Williams exactly (laughs) someone's watched the one show and then I was like and then that you're right because the kids came on to talk about bless the kids six or eight they were great I'm sure they were great but I did fast forward it right I just went I'm not I just zoned out the kids aren't responsible for bad TV no and I came back and I stopped right and the first thing I heard when I pressed play again was Katie Tunstall loves a tunnel. And, and I had no context yeah. for that. Um, and it was my favourite moment. What a film this was. <laughs> Do you remember a few oh. weeks ago, there was one where they just went, we're going to talk to Rachel Koo about where she used to go on holiday as a kid. And then it ended. I mean, it was mental. <laughs> this one was just, we're going to a castle with Katie Tunstall and she will just get to talk to us for three minutes about what a brilliant performer she is. And that's what happened. And we'll make her play her first single from 10 years ago three times. Yes, they did. <laughs> they was, did. And, no, and no, nothing else there she's was ever written. one lovely shot where she was playing in like an old dungeon in a castle. <laughs> and I really, really wanted it to pull out to see like a prisoner on the wall just going, <laughs> finally, You've broken me. Whatever you need, just get her to stop. But the the intro to it was so confusing that I spent most of the thing going right. Is this is this piece about the song? Is it about Katie Tunstall? Are we still on the rickshaws? And then it's going to come back round. I don't. I don't totally understand. Unrelated. I don't totally understand unrelated. what this is. There was a really good video afterwards. I don't know if you saw it, but even the title of it, you'll go. I'm going to watch this. It was called March of the Pufflings. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, I am. It was. Uh, right. They play suddenly. I see you. Otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> it was. It was set in the Shetlands. Suddenly, I see. Of course, it was. <laughs> they um. They had these little baby puffins that have to get to the water, oh, and hello. every year. The baby puffins make it to the water. And this year, there was a reporter from the one show in the way. And he was filming the pufflings in infrared at night and just going, they don't even know we're here. They do know you're there. You know, you're well, sorry, was this, a, was this a, a sleepover? <laughs> they were filming again. But this time, this time it's pufflings. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring, just bring it back to Al Murray. Now, we, we sort of touched on this earlier, but I figure that we're getting towards the end. And, I, and I'd and i like to... Uh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't know if you probably saw the Al Murray. You I saw did the see Al the Al Murray. I did um, see the Al Murray. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I think I, what I want is, is for us all to listen to it. We talk about films and they're obsessed with fish. And pufflings. Pufflings, and yes. All the rest Fish of it. connection. Yeah, let's go and film somewhere near water. So they used the, the beluga whale 
as an excuse to go and do a little film. They got a BBC cameraman there, and he got exclusive access for the one show, I think, where he, Richard Taylor Jones was his name, and he's filming this thing. And then they came back off that, and this was a, my handbrake turn of the week. It was about a bloke in Cornwall who could analyse the sound of the whale and tell whether it was happy or not, which the nation has been talking about. Is the yeah. whale content? Is it feeding correctly in mm. the Thames, where it really is 1,500 miles away from its home in the Arctic? A uh, bloke in Cornwall said, yeah, it's fine. Look, I've got it. It seems to be hunting correctly. So they, they came then back to the studio where Al Murray had been talking about his program or reasons that we hate everybody everyone hates the English then they said well uh, another reason to not hate the English is that we've got our own beluga whale suddenly popular <laughs> yeah <laughs> suddenly I see a beluga whale um, but then Al Murray did an impression of a whale this is what it sounded like <laughs> no pictures no pictures <laughs> <laughs> Now, when I was at school, that was Joey Deacon. And he's just done that on the telly. So in a week of knife-stabbing demonstrations, there's now an offensive Joey Deacon impression. Al Murray, we love you. Let's not... Let's, we know you, Al, and we like you a lot. But that was fantastic. It was the highlight for me of Al Murray taking a few minutes on national television to just go... Uh, uh, uh. If you'd have turned the television on <laughs> just, exactly, that, that moment, and just gone, what the fuck is going Good on? God, I mean, these alternative comedians, what a week it's been for them. All they needed was Sean Walsh to come on and get off with everybody. Apologise <laughs> for the beluga whale being in the canal. He's gaslighted a whale. <laughs> Man, that whale is probably feeding very well at the bottom of the Thames, but it's probably just feeding on discarded handguns <laughs> <laughs> from a previous yeah. week. They're going to lift it up and it's going to shoot a bullet out so big that Big Ben is going to fall over. <laughs> I live in a cartoon. And then Gerard Butler will come and save London. <laughs> oh no, that was the other one. Was that? It wasn't Gerard Butler. This is not the I worst think, think film Gerard, Gerard Butler's ever Gerard been Butler? I think, yeah, I think was, one of them was. London Falling? Like, yeah. Is that Butler? That's Butler. Uh, Luke, Excellent. They're not uh, tied yeah. better than I thought. Wow, it's, someone has actually named a real Gerard Butler <laughs> film. They said it would never happen. Uh, any other business? I, I was I was very keen on the Super Vet episode when he talks about his live show. I don't know how that works, but I presume they just get a load of well animals and then they have to smash them up beforehand. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, this rabbit's got a really nasty broken leg. But Ruth Jones said to him, if you're a vet, could you be a doctor? And he was saying, yes. I thought it was a great fact. But he said, yes, I could, he said, because you can consent. He said, a doctor can't do veterinary medicine on an animal because an animal cannot consent to have a doctor work on them. It would have to be a vet. But as a human, you could consent to having a vet work on you. So I'd be allowed to treat humans, but doctors can't treat animals. But anyway, long story short, my mum broke her leg and super vet shot her. (laughs) (laughs) And what a place to end. (laughs) Uh, th- by the way, oh, there should be a mention in dispatches. Excellent tweet that we got that mm. we missed a trick. In last week's edition, we were talking about a Mancunian version of Blade Runner. Yeah, due to the fact that the evil cyborg in that is called Roy Batty, which That's sounds it. like he's in Corrie. <laughs> well, Stephen Fuster on Twitter, uh, he pointed out a missed opportunity, which we, which we did miss. And yep. uh, it was so good, it's worth mentioning. We were talking about quotes, and he, he said it should have been attack ships on fire off the shoulders of our Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, worth mentioning, I, I had a chat with Carrie last week, and Carrie listened to last week's and made an exciting discovery. Yeah, you were talking about Oleg Gordievsky last week. I didn't see the one show last week, yeah. so I missed the Oleg Gordievsky bit. But um, he was a mate of my dad's, and I've been around his house. What? Yeah. He had a sauna in his house, and I was sort of early adolescence, and I was a bit too shy to go in the sauna. So everyone else who was around at dinner went to the sauna, and I just had a chat with Oleg in the kitchen while he was doing dinner. So this is Oleg, the Russian double agent? He's the highest-ranking Russian man. KGB officer yeah. ever to defect. And you have and now become a target, because yeah. you're one of the few people who know where he yeah. is. I absolutely no idea where it was. I, I fell asleep in the back of the car. Or did I? Was I knocked out? Worth saying, Carrie is winking there. So yeah. if you are a member of that terrifying Russian secret service, 
Christmas, you know whose door handle to start lathering up <laughs> with, a brand, with a brand new toxin. Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Carrie <laughs> yeah. Quillen, thank you very much You're indeed. Very Mark, usual. Cheers, John. If you've a moment to review and comment, as indeed uh, we, we had some reviews and comments. We had a particular one this week, actually, didn't we? From a, a one-star review. Oh, yes. Am I led yes, to Yes, we I, did. I, I That's think. right. This was, uh, it came this was from excellent. Uh, Raider Fra. Yeah. Uh, on October the 5th. Oh, they hate uh, everything. It is titled <laughs> Pretentious Prats. Yeah. The absolute sense of importance and arrogance of the presenters in this podcast defies belief. Hello. I expected it to provide a humorous slant on the one show. Instead, they present a snide tirade, much of which completely misses the point of the one show. It was such a tiresome listen I gave up after one episode. It just isn't funny. I mean, it's not unfair, though, is it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just as well that he's not listening. It reads know. like a two-star. <laughs> <laughs> and it's paid for by TripAdvisor. It's just as well. Yeah. In fairness, it is just as well that this person isn't listening because they would not like this section. No. Because I'm calling them a twat. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review. Even if it's that, we don't care. I mean, cle- clearly you guys care a bit. Oh yes, yeah. Don't don't think that for one moment. I don't know how many five star reviews we've got. <laughs> <coughs> Fifty-three. Okay, keep them coming. Uh, but whatever you do, remember this: when you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.